Listening to the one of us.net podcast network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Five and Out. I'm Wes. I'm Steve. And this week, we have a very catchy top five for you. Steve, what is that top five? Make me a musical. Oh, my God. We're counting down the top five things we want to see turned into musicals. Yes, it is. And we, I mean, dare I say, we sing a lot. <laughs> uh, not a, I mean, we could have sang more. Uh, Steve, did you want to sing more? I want to sing a little bit more. Okay, with all that being said, let's start the show. Oh, yes, I don't go without me, baby, man. The show has started. So, Steve, how did you spend your weekend? Let me tell you what I. Well, let me tell you what I did. What did you do? I watched some more Wiggles. Oh, no. let me let me tell you what I do not want to watch any more of. Oh, is it the Wiggles? It's the goddamn Wiggles. Because <laughs> it's to the point now. That when I wake up, it's like alarm goes off, and instantly, it's like when, it's like when I was on my Hamilton kick, like that instantly in my head. Like I'd wake up to pee in the middle of the night because I'm an old ass man now, yeah. and I'd be like, you know, Hamilton. And now it's like, it's like, do the propeller, do the propeller. I'm like, I want to die. <laughs> I want to die because the Wiggles have worn me down to a hollow shell of a man. And this is how I realized I would do terribly under torture. <laughs> this is what finally brought me to that conclusion. Because uh, <laughs> hey, just, uh, just what, uh, six months of wiggles? Yes, not even. Not even six months. Ooh, few hours? A few, few couple hours. A couple, couple, couple intense wiggles. hours of wiggles. Like, here are the nuclear codes. <laughs> Seriously, dude. I would give up any secret. <laughs> All it takes... Is Lucky, Simon, Anthony, and Emma Wiggle to oh. bring me to my knees. What if they took you hostage? <laughs> kill me. Just kill me. <laughs> Please. Please just kill me. Instantly just kill me. Whatever side I'd pill in my tooth. Please kill me. Uh, so what? Did you do anything for you, Steve? Besides uh, the Wiggles. Of I know nothing except the wiggliness. <laughs> no. Actually, what happened is my mom came over to see the baby, and my mom, being grandma, she threw Moana on. Uh -huh. And let me tell you what. Moana is a good movie. But when Moana saves you from the torture chamber that is the Wiggles, I seriously got teary-eyed in Moana three times. Three times during Moana, I almost started to cry. And two of them were because they're emotional parts of the movie. The other time was like, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for not being a wiggle. <laughs> oh, my God. Steve, now I'm not a father. Have you ever thought about just leaving your baby alone in the living room with the wiggles on? Oh, I have. Oh, you have. And, and then I have to go in and save her because I can't let her rot her brain in such a wiggly way. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I can't let her ruin my TV. <laughs> God, if I got burn-in of the wiggles on my TV somehow, <sighs> uh, the rage would be just... 
cataclysmic. Oh my god, you'd hold that over your daughter's head for the rest of her life. For the rest of her life, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Moana, good. Wiggles, bad. So, what else is good? See, what else are you playing? What what else are you doing? Uh, I I was able to clear out a little bit of time for some God of War. Nice. Yes, which is uh, which an interesting thing. I told you last week that uh, the way that they are telling this story and the way that they use the controls make Kratos feel older, which is obviously part of the game. But I realized playing you know a couple hours that I feel older too. Where I'm like. I don't know, I'm kind of using the same couple moves over and over. It's like, you just unlock this and that and that. Like, I don't know, these ones work pretty good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got this, kind of have this old man feeling where I just feel like my reflexes aren't as sharp. I'm not. You're stuck in your ways. I got it stuck in the ways. And I, I feel like there's there should be a 12-year-old annoying little boy next to me. He's like, you know, you, you just unlocked like Poseidon's wave, dude. I'm like. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. It's college. It's a time for experimentation. Like, hey, quick attack, quick attack, heavy attack works pretty good, all right? <laughs> Look, I don't need your Netflix streaming. I got my, lo- my local neighborhood blockbuster. That's right, you little, little shitbag. <laughs> Wow, Steve, you are going to be a fantastic cranky old oh, man. Speaking of cranky old man, real quick, something else did happen this weekend that is a horrifying peek into my future. Oh, God, what? <laughs> so, Grandma bought uh, bought Cobra Jones swim lessons, which is fantastic because want our baby to be comfortable by the water. Uh, my my in laws do have a pool, so. In case she falls in and wanted to be safe in the water, you know, I just want my kid to know how to swim. Sure, sure. So this is day one. She Throw is her in the deep end. Th- just ninety feet deep. <laughs> <laughs> Sink or swim, Cobra. And you start her at ninety feet deep. <laughs> oh yeah, that's before we move into the ocean. Uh, so there's like four other kids in this. It's literally a four foot deep pool. My wife is in there. Only one. Yeah, at your in laws? No, 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 no. At, okay. at the at the the class. Ah. So. My wife brings baby girl in the pool. She's only she's almost eighteen months old, and it's her very first class. So, right away, my daughter gets in the pool. She's like, "Nah, nah, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, thank you. I decline." Yeah, yeah. And she's crying. She's yelling a little bit. She's and I, totally understandable. I get it. She's only ever been in the bathtub. She's never been in a pool before. I, I, I'm looking really confused because your daughter's a year and a half, right? Yeah. How how uh, that that seems really young for swim lessons to me. So this is not this is not swim lessons in the regard of like this is how you do a freestyle and here's the backstroke and it's it's more so just getting them acclimated to the water. Oh, uh, and like basic understanding of what water is and like having water splash over your face is okay oh. and like the general idea of like kind of buoyancy and like th- that's. Well, you know, another cheaper way to do that. Throw them in the deep end. <laughs> 90 feet. <laughs> Bring them over to Lake Michigan and throw them in. That's right. So it's really just getting them comfortable and not scared of the water in that regard is really more so what it is. Okay. When I think of swim lessons, I think of this is a breaststroke. This is the backstroke. No. You have to tread water for 90 seconds before nope. you can go into the deep end of the pool. No, nope, not that. It's more like this is how things float. And like you also float. And this and- is water, you stupid baby. <laughs> Listen here. 
idiot. <laughs> That's how they start the class, which I think is really good. That's why we go there. You put them in their place real quick. I like, like we watched uh, about four minutes of a class. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> this is for us. I mean, are they hiring? Because <laughs> uh, I'll go, I'll yell at kids all day. Oh my god. Anyway, so the horrifying glimpse of my future is that. So my daughter has been there for a couple minutes. She's crying, and these other babies. This is clearly their like third or fourth class. And like they're getting water dumped on their on their head. And they're like, yeah, this is great. And I'm like, Cobra, you must. <laughs> Swim better than these kids. <laughs> and it's not even a competition. <laughs> it is literally an introductory swim class for 18-month-old children. <laughs> and I already demand that my child is better than the other children. <laughs> And as soon as I said it, I, I just, in my mind, I was like, you must be better than these kids. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're standing on the other side of the chain link fence. Come on, Cobra, look alive out there. Dude, I was like, oh, my God. Just imagine day one of you know, soccer camp or you know, competitive swimming. Like, oh, God, I'm going to go, like, slash those kids' tires. <laughs> Cobra, it's okay to check him in the throat if you don't get caught. Seri oh, man. I was like, I'm going to have to keep this in check. I'm going to have to bury this deep inside. <laughs> so competitive swimming starts next week, Next right? week. Next week. That cool. is correct. Yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, so you're starting her on anabolic steroids. Correct. Yeah, wonderful. I learned a lot from the Russia documentary about doping, so I feel pretty good. Oh, nice. Let me tell you what. The testing is pretty lax at the old Goldfish Swim Academy. <laughs> uh, when, you, uh, when you said a horrifying glimpse into my future, my daughter's in a swim class. I'm like, Steve, do you not know how to swim? <laughs> Have you not been introduced to water yet, Steve? Wes, will, will you show me? I will splash water on your face, Steve. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 Steve, you have, to, you have to be better than these other 33-year-olds. Steroid to the neck. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that's uh, exciting. Yeah. the <laughs> Exciting to ruin my daughter's future. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fast track. <laughs> oh, good. It's like a Disney World. I bought the fast pass. I'm, uh, I'm really getting in there. Well, at least you caught it now, so you can try to tamp it down. Uh, it's not going to work. Oh, we'll try. Work. We'll <laughs> try. No promises. Oh, boy. Well, uh, here's a simple solution. Don't go to her games. <laughs> anyway, what, what what you do? What you got going on? Uh, nothing. Uh, I'm, no, I mean, no, nothing. Because I did a little something. I feel like you did a lot of one thing. I, I did a lot of one thing this weekend. Okay, so uh, last weekend was one of those crazy weekends where I had like six things to do in one day uh, for multiple days on end. I had to wake up, brush my teeth, <laughs> I had to eat some food, shower. Poop, go back to bed. <laughs> I was exhausted. <laughs> no, man, I was just running around from rehearsal to rehearsal to social get-together to audition to this to that to for four straight goddamn days. Had no free time. So this weekend, I had plenty of free time. And I thought to myself, I earned a goddamn rest. So I probably put in a good, I don't know, 20 hours <laughs> of Horizon Zero Dawn this weekend. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to. I would like to go back just if we could into the archives. Uh, I believe there's several times on record you saying something to the effect of, "Wow, man, 
I don't know how you just shotgun a game like that in a weekend. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, now I do, Steve. <laughs> it has now, now become I clear. <laughs> 20 hours. Yeah, I, I mean, around there. Uh, 15 to 25. Let's let's throw that around there. <laughs> I like how you, you bumped it down and also, <laughs> like, well, it might have been 25. It's 10 to 40, uh, somewhere around there. Um, no, the it's not a lot of times. Uh, a lot, a lot of times I am pretty busy, especially nowadays. But, but those other times, if I play for more than two hours straight, I get massive gamer guilt, where I have to put it down and then go out or run errands or do housework or whatever, feel productive. But this time around, this weekend, I play for a couple hours, feel that guilt. I do one thing. I'd wash a dish. <laughs> and I come back, play two more hours, wash another dish. I earned this. That's right. Two more hours, I don't know, mail a letter, then come back. <laughs> come back, play two more hours. I love the idea of you guiltily mailing a letter. And the idea of you having to remember how to mail a letter. <laughs> like, Jesus, I don't know this guy's address. <sighs> If you had to mail a letter right now, who would you mail it to? I, Not your mom. I throw it out the window and hope it got there. Oh, who would I mail who? to? Who? Yes. Got it. Uh, mail a letter? I don't know. I'd probably send a birthday card somewhere. To who? Seriously. I, if you had to mail, like, Wes, you have to mail something right now to someone, who would you mail a thing to? Gun to my head? Yeah. I'd, 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 man, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> also, do you know anybody's address to mail something to them personally. I know yours. Should I say it on the podcast? You should certainly not. <laughs> uh, I get enough hate mail as it is. You call those bills? I, I do. It's like, Comcast, why do you hate me? <laughs> um, if I had to mail something right now, I'd probably finally mail you a birthday card, Steve. If I had to mail something right now, I would mail it to whoever lives at the house that I grew up in. <laughs> Because I know the address. Don't know the people. <laughs> That's a good one. I, but I don't I don't think I know anybody's address. Period. Yeah. Not even mine? God, no. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> I barely know what town you're in. <laughs> Which is weird because we're in the same town. I know. Oh, man. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. You putting in all weekend in all, Horizon much, Zero Dawn. Pretty much all weekend. Like... <laughs> Before rehearsals, Horizon Zero Dawn. After rehearsals, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, when I wake up, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I'm sure so, your girlfriend loves it. Yeah, oh, where has she been? Uh, you mean Aloy? A yeah, exactly. Right? Aloy loves it. Um, so now, I was telling you before the podcast, I just hit that point where, and it's, as you said as well, it's because I put around 20 hours in in like three to four days. Uh it, Weekends I, are two days. You put 25 hours in in two days. I, I count Friday as a weekend because I have a half day at work, and I put a good eight hours in on okay. Friday. Okay. Um, so, I, so I have all the best weapons. I have the best armor. I'm level 40. So now I'm just running through the game just an unstoppable killing machine, which is fun for a while. So now it's just like... I'm just trying to blow through all the side quests and then finish the game so I can move on to the next thing. See, that is the problem when you when you shotgun. That is the problem. You can burn yourself out. Ah, man. 
Do I know it? I know <laughs> now it now. you do. Now I do. Now you do. Wow. Maybe you should have washed two dishes, Wes. Oh, man. Maybe you should have washed two. The road not taken. We'll see if you know what else I know. What's that? Avengers Infinity War was fucking awesome. I can't believe we went this long without you mentioning. You talk about it every hour on the hour. <laughs> yep, I'm like the town crier. You are. <laughs> you are obsessed with this movie. I cannot stop listening to Avengers Infinity War spoiler casts because I just love hearing other people talk about it. I'm like, yes, it's awesome, isn't it? Yes. And I know my friends are sick of talking about it with me. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Steve, talk about it with me. Ah. For the people. So, uh, I think it is fantastic. Yeah. And something that we had talked about for months is that I don't know how they are going to get all of those characters on screen to and where it means anything for all of them and give them all you know the, the piece of the pie they deserve. And they did it. They did. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. So we don't have to spend so long. We don't have to spend too long on this at all because you've either seen it or you're not going to see it. Um, and if you've seen it and you like reviews, you've heard other people give reviews. So, Steve, why don't you just give me maybe your top moment or two sure. and then uh, – without spoilers, please. Um, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> or if there's spoilers, alert the folks out there. All right. Uh, uh, and your score. I think Thanos is one of the best characters in that universe, actually. I think they did an awesome job with him. He's an excellent villain. Uh, I love, uh, I don't know, I, I don't think these are spoilers, but if you don't want to know like the ticky-tacky little details, I suppose, and don't pay attention for the next minute and a half, I love the interaction between Thor and Star-Lord when they pick him up early in the movie. And mm -hmm. Chris Pratt starts, Star-Lord starts imitating Thor, I think is, <laughs> I think that that scene is fantastic. Um, God, I, I'm trying not to be spoilery, I suppose. Well, Wes, I mean, you've already thought about these a hundred times. What's, what's your top couple moments? Uh, I mean, on your Thanos, uh, your remark on Thanos, I, somebody, I, I'm on the spoiler cast, they were like, yeah, Thanos was the protagonist. Yes. It, he was the protagonist of this movie. The Avengers were the antagonists. He yes. has. He was the one with the arc. He was the one with the obstacles. He was the one uh, who had the narrative and character arc. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that was super cool to see. Uh, obviously, uh, I love the end. Um, and I mean, the scene that comes to mind. It's interesting that you mentioned Thor. Uh, again, spoilery. Uh, the scene between Thor and Rocket Raccoon yeah. was amazing. What about that scene with Rocket and Thor did you like so much? Because it really got into um, how much Thor has gone through. And yes, it was like, wow, I've never really thought of it that way. Uh, I never, it really never occurred to me just how much Thor has lost, especially yes. in the last movie. Uh, and to have it with Rocket Raccoon. And to see how far Rocket has come, where he can actually listen and empathize without making a snarky-ass comment. Um, and the fact that he says, yeah, well, I I have a lot to lose. And then he does. Yeah. So. Uh, and also, again, a Thor moment. When Thor comes back in at the battle at the end, 
absolutely chills just and the uh I told you you would die for that. I'm like <laughs> Thor, oh my god, take me now. <laughs> uh you know what? This is such a small thing, but the movie is basically just spectacle after spectacle, lasers and fight scenes and crazy, crazy special effects, which are all awesome. But I, the moment that I remember, uh, the moment I remember thinking, oh my God, shit's about to get real, is when Tony Stark and Doctor Strange and the Hulk are in his, in his little uh, inner sanctum thing and someone says, well, when's he going to get here? And then you just the the music goes silent. And you just hear the wind and people far away screaming outside and people running and they look out and it's like just this ominous presence. And then after that, it's nothing but fight scenes and lasers yeah. and stuff like that. But that was such a cool little moment. The movie is it's a, it's I mean it's almost an impossible task to to bring what is it like eighteen movies beforehand? Eighteen. Yep, eighteen movies together. Into this two-part finale, which, I mean, God knows it's going to happen. I shouldn't say God knows because I'm sure the guys at Marvel know. <laughs> they have no idea. They're filming I, it right now. They're, they're, no idea. I don't, I don't necessarily think they are the lords of creation necessarily. Uh, but, I mean, is to, I mean, are they going to be able to pay Tony Stark or uh, Robert Downey Jr. anymore? Chris Hemsworth anymore? Chris Evans anymore? Scarlett Johansson anymore? Are they going to scrap... Basically, the whole thing and started fresh with new people. Are they gonna? I mean, there's, there's, there are a lot of things, a lot, a lot, a lot of moving parts to this whole thing. But it's, I'll tell you what, step one of this two part finale could not have been a lot better. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I think I would give it, honestly, like a 93. I think I'm a 93 as well. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm You're a not a superhero guy. I mean, I and actually, that's why I think it's important because I was a superhero guy. I was, I love the first Iron Man. I love Avengers. I love you know, certain certain other ones. And as I've said many times, I gotten burned out. I've been burned out of this whole thing. And this one, I was like, yes, it's like it brought it all back. And there were a couple of movies that I had not seen, but I don't feel like that that uh, you know detracted from my movie going experience. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you obviously want to see Civil War before you see this. Oh, sure. It'd be you don't have to see Doctor Strange before you see this. It'd be good to. You don't have to. Yeah, I guess uh, you might be wondering what the hell they're doing and what his yeah. powers are. You don't have to see Black Panther before this. You definitely don't have to see Ant Man. Definitely don't have to see Ant Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, there's obviously there are those things where people say like, well, you know, if Ant Man were there, he could do this to Thanos, and if like you could, sure, fine, yes. But that's that's the comic book world, period. Sure, that you can go into any universe and be like, well, if he just did this, if he brought, oh, if he just used his power, like, fine, dude, sit back, enjoy this truly incredible film that you're seeing. And even if you're not into superheroes, just knowing that I mean, what what movie period has there been eighteen, you know, precursors to it that they involve. And maybe maybe they don't involve every single one, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know uh, what I mean. Sure, exactly. Um, Do movies get messed up after the third in a series or the second in a series? <laughs> Hell, a lot of movies don't. A lot of movies suck. Period. Number one sucks. Much less eighteen later. <laughs> sure, and 
Let it be said, there have been some slight missteps along the way. Of course. Of course there have been. There's been 19 movies so far. There's going to be a few that are, that are not that as good as the rest. Sure. Yeah. But I loved it, man. Uh, I saw it twice in the theater just that opening weekend. Yeah. It was fantastic. And I'm thinking about going again. Yeah, I think if you are a fan of... If, if you've seen... I don't know. I saw Iron Man. And I saw the first Thor. I don't know. Then I saw... It's like, you know what? It's still fun. It's still yeah. just a great, fun time. Just go see it. Yeah, I think you will have to see Guardians, though, to yeah, Guardians, see what the hell is going on with those guys. Yeah, I think I think the movies you have to see before you go see it is at least an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Actually, I take that back. Civil War. You don't need to see an Iron Man or a Captain America. You need to see Civil War. Okay. You need to see Guardians of the Galaxy. And... Thor Ragnarok, maybe? Sure. Why sure. Uh, yeah, probably just Ragnarok is probably good enough. Sure. I mean, the... The bear. The, That's the bear, bear minimum. Oh, bear of course. Minimum. Well, you have to see the Avengers. Well, yeah. Oh, sorry. An Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Of If you're going to boil down the 18 to really like four movies. And now I'm like, well, you have to see uh, Avengers Age of Ultron to no, really get what the vision is and uh, Scar- what Scarlet Witch is. Like, maybe you have to see, a, you, okay, you have to see at least 17 of the 18 movies. <laughs> you don't have to see Ant-Man. <laughs> That's the only one you don't That's have it. to see. Okay. Maybe not Iron Man 2. Anyway. So, Steve, enough about Infinity War, although I could talk about it for another six hours if you really wanted me to. Can we have an Infinity War top five? We cannot. Please. Well, not today. All right. Well, okay. Let's do our top five, whatever the hell we're doing this week. Steve, what is this week's top five? We're doing top five, turn me into a musical. You're a musical. But, la. <laughs> oh, God. Can I turn you back? <laughs> Liza Minnelli style oh. musical. Oh, God. Steve, why don't you just tell we're us what it is? We're talking about... Like every everything gets turned into a musical these days. There's yes. the Spider-Man musical. There's a Big Fish musical. There's a I didn't know that. There's a everything's a musical. Groundhog Day was a musical. Groundhog Day is a goddamn musical. Ugh. But there's some other stuff that actually should be turned into a musical. Yeah. So we count down our top five things we want to see that are turned into musicals. You know what? I was thinking of this list as stage plays. Did you? Were you thinking more stage plays or movies? Let me let me say it again. Movies, not movies. <laughs> movies. Movies. Uh, or did you give it any thought at all? I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you rank amateur. <laughs> uh, no, I I was thinking of them as staged plays as well. Okay. Yeah, not movie musicals, staged plays. The only caveat we had was it cannot be an existing musical. The only reason I know that Groundhog Day was a musical is because I had to look it up. Like, what a brilliant idea. Aha! I had the freaking outline, the opening number written. Nope, musical. Nope, too bad. Too effing bad. Because part of me, too, was like, man, Big Fish would be kind of... I was like, oh, wait, that was an enormous flop. That's right. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Bad News Bears. That's also a musical. <laughs> See, now you guys understand the difficulty with this list because everything is a goddamn musical. Steve, why don't you start us off with your top, with your number five? Fine. This is not a musical. And damn it, it could be. <laughs> One of my... <laughs> wow, Steve. Not saying it should be, but I would dig the shit out of it. It could be. Could yes. be. Maybe it should be. Someone come with me, please. <laughs> All right. What is it, Steve? Number five, The Running Man. Oh, God, why? 
Why have I done this podcast with you for five years? Let me tell you why, Wes, because I'm about to blow your freaking mind. Uh, for those who are not familiar with The Running Man, Running Man is a fantastic late 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's a book by Richard Bachman. Yes, that as well. It's basically what the game Smash TV is based off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is brought into this futuristic world where he the, the biggest game show in the entire world is called The Running Man, where they put live people down. It's kind of a Hunger Games-ish kind of thing. Uh, and they have to fight these ridiculous bosses, and usually the people die at the hands of these crazy bosses. Uh, except, of course, for Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. who defeats all the bosses and restores balance to the force. Yes. Star Wars 9. Uh, so he fights guys like Sub-Zero, who is a hockey-themed bad guy. Uh, there's, like, the lightning bad guy. So the idea to me is, I mean, the running man isn't, doesn't have the same charm if it's not an Arnold Schwarzenegger style character who obviously cannot sing. <laughs> he is not. Wes, don't you? I'm losing you, baby. Come on back now. Do you know what musicals are, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> People sing in them. Except for Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, the way this is. So, the, it's set up beautifully already that he fights each boss individually in their individual arena. So the bosses will get these huge, ridiculous numbers. Like the lightning guy, it's going to be phenomenal. Be center stage at the top, like float down with all this electricity coming off of them. Be awesome. Like there's going to be spectacle galore. And one of the best parts about the movie The Running Man is his Arnold Schwarzenegger's terrible lines after he defeats these guys. So, he will still get to say the horrible lines after these enormous musical numbers, which is going to be hilarious until the very end when Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to have to sing something. (laughs) (laughs) He opens his mouth, he's like, (gasps) and lights. And lights go out. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger, our our lead character, will sing almost nothing. (laughs) It will be the host it will be the villains it will be the the woman that like kind of kind of weirdly falls in love with him sort of deal going on i love it when people weirdly fall in love with me so it's gonna have people are crazy about 80s stuff these days so it's gonna have this like retro nostalgia thing and it's gonna have these big huge elaborate bosses it's going to be great going to be great well, I can't wait to see it on stage, Steve. Me too. Uh, now, Steve, I want to hear the the rock ballad number of from Sub Zero uh, called Frostbite. Give me, give me the chorus. Give me the hot chorus. <laughs> oh God, here we. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, actually, I feel so. Sub Zero. I mean, if, if we're it's in a perfect world. Uh, we need a uh, meatloaf is dead. So, but it would be a meatloaf esque style <laughs> character. I'm sorry. What was the name of the song again? Uh, Frostbite. You don't actually need to sing. I thought it'd just be fun to, oh. to pimp you out and do a okay. song and watch you panic. Because, because I feel like I want Sub Zero to be the meatloaf kind of guy, and this is going to be almost a Rocky horror kind of like, like, like fifties rockabilly kind of. Oh, thing. oh yeah, this isn't. Oh, I think the whole musical should be a rock musical. This oh, no, isn't... Yes, yes. But this this song particularly is kind of rockabilly in that in that regard. It's got that fifties feel. It's like there's gonna like the electro dude. He is gonna be the eighties hair glam rock mm-hmm. sort of thing. 
uh, with that like, oh yeah, you know that sort of mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But uh, but Sub Zero is that like like a bat out of hell, you know, yeah. like that that sort of thing. Sure, sure. All right, cool, man. Uh, that was your number five. My number five, I think this would actually work really well, but the fact is, I haven't seen the movie in ten years, so I I couldn't rem- I couldn't give you specific examples. But I remember loving the movie Pan's Labyrinth so much. Oh my god! And I think if we give that the Les Miserables treatment, I think that would actually work really fucking well. Oh my god! Uh, Pan's Labyrinth as a musical is. The thing of my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking you could do, you could get really uh, artistic with it. Obviously, the stuff in the real world could be very militaristic and march-like uh, for most of that. And then once you get into the magical stuff, it's very light and floaty, except for the handman. And, and of course, the handman has a, whatever his name is, has a solo, and he sings like this. And <laughs> the hand, like as soon as I hear. The word pan. Mm-hmm. Not just pan's labyrinth. Like, hey, Steve, can you hand me a pan? Oh, hand man! <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the most horrifying creatures I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah. It's tough. It's, uh, God. And the and pan. It's, pan is the... Uh, the fawn. The fawn, yeah. Yeah. He's scary as shit, too. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I, I couldn't decide what in my head... Because you know, uh, for this top five, we had to actually write out the mu- the entire musical. Obviously, uh, obviously, no, I couldn't decide like what I wanted his voice to be. Like, did I want him to be that that bouncy character? Because uh, her uh, his big thing, is, of course, is that he's mysterious, but the the little girl trusts him. So, did I want him to be like have a mysterious voice, child, uh, or? Did I want him to have this happy, fun voice? You know what I mean? I think it's a. I think I think you're right. I think it's a mix of both of those. Where he he kind of like pans out to the audience. Pardon the pun. Uh, it was like it's like I need her to do like need her to open the door. And, and then as he turns to her, he's like, it's like and come with me, child. There'll be fun in this and you know that sort of like it's this back and because he that's because you never can quite put your finger on Pan anyway. You're like, are you? good are you i'm confused and i'll do it mm-hmm. but i don't buy it and then we shoot back to the colonel or the captain or whatever yeah, his yeah. rank is we're going to take out the rebellion or whatever the that's, whatever that plot okay. is so that's your lay so you're doing like a lay Miz meets uh got like a like a uh, God, was a Shakespeare play with all the fairies? Like, uh, da, 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 twinkle, twinkle, little star. That's the one. Yeah, Shakespearean <laughs> Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, it's like a musical Midsummer sort of deal. Yes. Oof. Yeah. God. Um. So that's my number five because I think that might actually work really well. God. Ugh. Just as soon as I think of eyeballs in the palms. Ugh. Oh yeah. Nightmares. Four days. And there will be eyeballs in the palms. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Is that the song? Eyeballs in the palms? Eyeballs in the palms. Okay. And it's going to be like a nice little upbeat jazzy number. <laughs> eyeballs in the palms. Hey. <laughs> eyeballs in the palms. Hey, give, give me a high five. Don't you oh. feel alive? <laughs> Yuck. All right. Number four. Uh, I would like a musical adaptation of the film Lincoln. There's a caveat. Okay. The caveat is, 
Lincoln never sings. It can only be written, produced, and performed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) That... That is the caveat. If it's anyone else, I am. I have zero interest. Sure. Zero interest whatsoever. If you've seen Hamilton, I think that we are we have a disservice to ourselves if Lin Manuel Miranda does not do like a George Washington, a Thomas Jefferson, and a Lincoln. You know, do a founding fathers musical conglomerate. That's what I think we need. Well, sure. And you might as well start with Lincoln. Or, as well. or continue that trend with Lincoln, I mm-hmm. should say. Because, mm-hmm. God. I mean, Lincoln Lincoln won several Academy Awards. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis won for Best Performer, or for Best Actor that year. Uh, and he will not be playing Lincoln, actually. No, I don't think so. I don't no. think he can sing. So I'm looking for basically a straight-up adaptation of Hamilton, but with the Lincoln story superimposed over it. That's... Hamilton is so good and so unique that do it again. <laughs> do it again. I think, if you don't mind, I think what you meant to say is you want to see an adaptation of Lincoln, but in the style of Hamilton. Yes. Is yes. that not what I said? You said, I want an adaptation of Hamilton, but with Lincoln stuff thrown in. Uh, <laughs> now I know what I said, and I stand by what I said. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm Alexander Hamilton, and that is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I am Abraham Lincoln. Oh my God, it works. <laughs> so, and when you when you think about, I mean, it's part of the reason why Hamilton is so successful is because like Alexander Hamilton, why, <laughs> why not George Washington? Why not Lincoln? Why not Thomas Jefferson? Why is and then you're like, wow, what a story! I did not know. So now we like Lin Manuel Miranda is now this huge star, and we know what he can do. It's like, by the way, hey. Civil War is pretty cool to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. Civil, you know, the, you know, slavery, you know, the abolition of slavery, uh, kind of a pretty cool thing to talk about. Starting the National Treasury for Hamilton, cool. Defeating the South in the Civil War, I don't know, pretty cool too. <laughs> so, I mean, there's obviously no shortage of cool stuff to talk about with Abraham Lincoln and the way that they kind of like gender bend it and racially bend it in in hamilton it's apply it to this you know like the movie lincoln is kind of stuffy mm-hmm. you know so to kind of open that up a little bit sure it's gonna be freaking awesome i mean we're gonna keep tommy lee jones in his character right oh uh, obviously Clearly. the vocal gift uh that is actually first russell crowe oh we gotta cast him gotta get russell crowe back oh, yeah. to sing something so we can all appreciate how awful he is yet again. Yeah, and this time his uh, his big solo is Stars and Stripes. <laughs> Nailed it. Nice. Uh, I think the big number from Lincoln is uh, the South will never rise again. Maybe that's the number. Maybe. Uh, no. no. I mean, it's a thought. I mean, it's, I like it's it. a thought. It is. It could be. <laughs> You're right. It could be. It could be. I mean, obviously the the. And did you write any any verses to the South I mean, Will Never Rise the, Again? The obvious pick is the main the main song is Four Score and Seven Years Ago. Obviously, that's the oh. I mean, that's the obvious pick. Mm-hmm. But I really want to like foot to the throat of the South song. That's what I want. Sure, that's what I want. All right. So, did you write that song? I did, and it is. Aggressive. <laughs> oh, boy. It cannot be sang. Oh boy. Sung 
cannot be sung. Let's uh, let's soften it down for future drafts. Yes, we gotta. Is that what it's called? Softening it down. So we are. I think it's water it down. Maybe. Ah, I like soften it down. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Because you harden it up and you (laughs) soften it down. Look, I really like this song. Could we could we harden it up a little bit? You know what I'm saying? Uh, (laughs) Sir, have you? Have you been inside a music studio you, before? I'm sorry, does that mean you need this song to be more erotic? Is that... No, man, that's... that's uh, you know, just harden it up. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was pretty clear. <laughs> we gotta soften this baby down a little bit. <laughs> Alright, that's a good number four. To get the Hamilton treatment. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Give me the, give me the Lincoln with the Hamilton treatment. Uh, my number four... Is this now? This movie. Uh, the, my number four is Hitch because I think this you movie. You love this movie. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I don't think it'll hold up nowadays, but I, I used to really like this movie a lot. Um, but Hitch would is could be the stereotypical musical. Yeah, you got the big opening number called like uh, the opening number is called the Love Doctor, of course. Sure. Um, that's the big opener, and Will Smith sings the bridge. Of course, or not Will Smith. Hitch sings the bridge. Uh, you have songs like, um, of course, you have the, the solo. The Kevin James character, what the he- whatever his name is, has that solo about how he's unlucky in love. And then you have that duet with uh, Kevin James and Will Smith. I'm just going to call them their actors' names and not the characters' names because I can't remember them. Uh, du- uh, their duet of him trying to, you know, cool him up and Kevin James always screwing it up. Um, Is that what it's called? Cool him up and screw him up? <laughs> yeah. You got to cool it up before you warm it down. <laughs> uh, I was having a really great time and then all of a sudden he warmed it down. <laughs> And I was like, I don't understand. I thought you were going to cool it up for me. But I don't know. He's just a fat Kevin James guy. Uh, and then at the end of the first act, you have a, a quartet with uh, Unlucky in Love with the four main characters. Wow. Uh, yeah. I've given this you some did. thought. You did. Um, in fact, too much. <laughs> you got to warm this down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, I have, a, I have a, a basic recording, if you don't mind. Oh, please, please. Uh, uh, but yeah, I was just thinking of like, like you have so many chances for love duets. You have so many chances yeah. for solos here and there. You have that that opening number, and then you have that closing number, which I was like, uh, what the the prescription is love or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I feel like this actually would be a pretty successful show if you didn't call it Hitch. Mm-hmm. If you did the same exact thing, but just called it like Doctor Love or mm-hmm. something, you something or like the prescription is love, called it that, and never called the main character Hitch, yeah, <laughs> called him Switch or something instead. <laughs> like this is a really fun show. I had a really great time. I love the main character Swalik Switchins. <laughs> That's so original. I really had a gr- my my fiance and I came out it was really great. Had a great time. We really warmed it up when we got, or excuse me, <laughs> cooled it, cooled it down. No, cooled it up. You cooled it up. All I can say is we alternated warm and cool, <laughs> and it was great. Yeah, it's just the movie is structured like your basic popcorn Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's just do that and put songs in it and put it on stage. So your your popcorn movie is also your popcorn Broadway show. Good. Yeah, if you can really hit those P's in the microphone, Steve. <laughs> Popcorn. Pop, nah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Not bad. 
Not bad. All right. Number three. We're going down a different path here. Okay. Uh, Hellraiser. No, I'm kidding. I honestly was thinking of how to do that. No, not Hellraiser. Uh, number three. Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind. Oh, okay. I think this would be... Uh, like in in coming off of your you know your poppy love fun popcorn thing, uh, Eternal Sunshine. It's a, again a movie I've not seen in a while because it's it's not a movie you want to watch a a ton. No. Um, but there's so much really cool stuff about the like, erasing of memories, obviously in that movie that it brings a cool blackout kind of feel and like him kind of running through darkness on the stage mm-hmm. was I, I thought was a, a kind of a cool thing to play with um, and again we're t- this is a this is a movie that is going to bring up interesting different songs in my opinion of like it's one thing to have sub-zero and the the electro guy doing these huge 80s numbers and whatever but the this is a much more introspective quiet emotional kind of movie it's a guy basically running around in his in his own head uh which i think this really provides some cool technical things and some staging things that would be really fun to do Mm -hmm. uh so that part appealed to me uh and again there's gonna be some some great opportunities for duets between between our jim carrey character and our kate winslet character of of like like almost I, i imagine this recurring thing of of like him reaching out to her and hit her like fading to black during these duets and they never get to like finish the song. Oh yeah, that's the the first thing that came to my mind is they have that theme they uh, that that song they keep coming back to but each time they come back to it it keeps getting shorter and shorter. Right, right. And then th- which I think is a cool kind of meter for the entire show mm-hmm. of the song starts in, at, at a certain length and then short 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 that sort of thing. So I think the the movie itself lays out this really interesting, I don't know, like timetable, I suppose. And I think there's a lot of opportunity in that in the movie to do it. So, and it's a it's a bit darker. It is a bit darker. It's a little bit darker. Yeah, you know. And I understand that there are some moments in that movie of of him being a child again, but and it provides some challenges of this huge refrigerator and this, you know, that's. But like, I think that'd be really cool to see on stage is. This you know whatever a six foot dude, and then all of a sudden the lights come back up out of being in this like uh, his this emotional darkness, and all of a sudden he's in his childhood kitchen. It's like it'd be a really cool visual thing to see as well. So sure. uh, a bit more emotional, a bit a bit darker at moments, and then you'll still have those moments where you can pull away because if you remember, there's the the Mark Ruffalo character and the uh, oh god uh, Kirsten Kirsten Dunst character as well that would. You know, give you time for some scene changes and a little mm-hmm. change of pace. So, I don't. The movie itself is obviously excellent, and I think it could be adapted in a in a somewhat simpler way with a few less sets, a few less things that that could be really cool. Yeah, man, that's a good pick. I I saw that movie, God, twelve years ago now. I think. Um, so I don't even remember Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst at all. They are the ones that are that work for the company that have put. Jim Carrey under to mm-hmm. to like to remove the memory. So like they're watching like they're watching the equipment or actually not watching the equipment. Mm-hmm. And they're Mark Ruffalo just wants to nail Kirsten Dunst and Elijah Wood is is the guy there too. So it's basically the people in 
the dreams, mm-hmm. and then there's the people that are like watching him make sure that he doesn't die, essentially. I see, I see. So you can kind of go in and out of his reality. All right. Well, well, that was your number three. Yeah. My number three is a movie I like to call Pleasantville. You know what? I also like to call it Pleasantville. Do you? Yeah. I think we should start that trend. That's how I refer to that movie. Really? Yeah. I just call it Tobey Maguire in black and white. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, no, I that's think... Spider-Man 3, I think. You're right. I um, So this actually could be a pretty successful musical as well because well, I think this would be a perfect adaptation because the movie didn't do very well, but it's a pretty decent movie. Yeah. Um, and it also could have that slight Wizard of Oz feel to it. Almost reverse, but where it starts out in the real world, non-musical, and then they travel to Pleasantville, and then that's where the musical starts. And then there can be those moments of, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire's character is all into it, and he's, you know, the, the opening number happens when they enter into Pleasantville, and he tries to join in, and Reese Witherspoon is like, no, I don't want to do this at all. And then, like, you know, have those moments where they shoot to her, and she's like, I'm not singing. And then... um but if you remember in the movie, the whole thing is changing or uh, being a three-dimensional character, I guess. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so there can be that moment of, just speaking of Reese Witherspoon's character, near the very end, she's the only person who hasn't, you know, uh, bought in. Bought in. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better way than to say been colored. Um, but yeah, been colored in from black and white. Is no longer monochromatic. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, she finally has that heartbreaking, soulful ballad. And then as that's happening, she slowly becomes colorized. Nice. I don't know how you do that on stage. I was going to say, my, the main thing of Pleasantville to me is the dichotomy of color versus black and white. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that on stage? Uh, I think costu- I think the big thing is just going to be costume changes. I wonder if there was... I don't know if it even exists, some sort of like film sort of thing that can go essentially across the front of the stage to reduce the color that you – I don't know. And then they kind of bust through it in some way or, sure, or sure, step sure. through that thing to become colorized or no longer monochromatic, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking like there could be a, a, a really funny variety number in the middle where – the all the boy all the men discover sex. So <laughs> just I don't know what this is, but it feels good. <laughs> it would it'd be cool too if there were uh if there was that kind of like delineation at the be- at the at the front of the stage of, of colorized versus monochromatic that like because there's that basketball scene, you know, and like mm-hmm. like they're playing with this black and white basketball and then it one like bounces away and as soon as it crosses that line it becomes orange. Yeah, yeah. So the, for the for the crowd to be like, oh, what magic, <laughs> witchcraft? That'd be pretty cool too. Um, so yeah, man, I think this could actually be a decent ass musical. A decent ass. That's actually the review from the New York Times. Decent <laughs> ass musical. <laughs> nah, I mean, yeah, man, you get it. A decent ass musical. I want you to be the technical director, and you know what? I'll do all the scripts and songs. So at this point, all I have is a. Uh, is like a a piece of saran wrap across the front, and I just kind of like put chalk over it. Okay, we can start there. And I'm hoping that it just turns everything black and white. I don't know if that's going to work, but I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Steve, bad news, you're already over budget. Uh, Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, my number three is Pleasantville. So my number two goes to the land of television. Oh. Yes. And this is one, I again, I want to see it on stage. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And I think it could work. Glee. Glee. <laughs> Who would think to make Glee a musical? Oh, boy. A good one? Come with me now. Oh, boy. My number two is Arrested Development. Interesting. Tell me more. Uh, I... I mean, we're talking, obviously, an ensemble cast. That's what the the show is. Michael Bluth, I suppose, is your you know is your protagonist, your main character, uh, with just this incredible family around them. And I imagine this this opening number. I don't know if if you've if anyone out there has listened to uh, the Book of Mormon, uh, not the actual book, the musical by the guys from South Park, the audio book. The Book of Mormon. Yeah, it's it's a it's a quick listen. Really yeah. got some good stuff in there. It really flies by. It's, you're never gonna believe it. Uh, but the beginning of the Book of Mormon is kind of how I imagine the beginning of this Arrested Development musical is. The beginning song is "Hello," and it's a you know this, this Mormon young man ringing a doorbell, being like, "Hello, my name is Elder White, and I would like to talk to you about the, the, this book, you know, whatever." And oh no, I was into it, Steve. Go on. But I imagine this kind of dark stage and then michael bluth comes out he's like hello my name is michael bluth <laughs> and i'm the one who keeps this family from killing each other <laughs> you know, like, yeah yeah and like this this great opening montage of them like off the side like buster walks in it's like michael i don't know it's like, uh, it's like hello <laughs> my name is buster bluth and like you know and job and you know george michael and like this it just becomes this cacophonous thing of all these characters out. Like it's already chaos right off, right out of the gate. Sure. Um, so, and I imagine it in this, you know, this very specific comedy styling where there's like this. There is, there's several doors on stage, and Michael never gets to leave the stage. Essentially, where it's always someone comes in from one side, it comes in from the side, and they leave and they come out, and he thinks he has a moment, but he doesn't because it's like. Buster falls down from the ceiling somehow, oh, and just this, this, all this chaos that goes. So Michael never gets to leave, and he's always there in the middle of this thing going around. And like I don't know, I feel like it can almost be a theatrical production that is done in like over like three viewings, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. In, like, in a way, because there, there's no real, no real culmination. In Arrested Development, you know, like, it's not like, oh, now we're a normal family. You know, yeah, like, yeah. that's that's not the case. It's, it's learning to accept the, you know, your place in the family and how, you know, the, the things that make you love one another. But I love this idea of just this whirlwind going around Michael on stage all the time and just this, these crazy characters coming in and out. So I, I think Arrested Development as a musical could be super fun. And, like, a, a Job magic song It'd be great. Oh, and obviously it has the <laughs> you know the final countdown stuff, but he doesn't actually sing the final countdown. Obviously, but mm-hmm. like I don't know, the song would probably be called like <laughs> "What Is a Hundred Dollars Compared to a Hundred Pennies," and all these <laughs> all these pennies come from like from the top of the stage to the bottom. Oh, it'd be great. Oh God, and everybody would be pelted with pennies, and uh, and and. Uh, Buster can sing a song of like <laughs> I'm half machine where like he sings a, a duet with his hook. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
Yeah, it would be. Sings a duet with his hook. <laughs> See if you do know that hooks don't have sentience, right? But the, well, until someone voices the hook from off stage, you're right. I apologize. And then obviously there's going to be this this weird, super awkward Michael Sarah slash George Michael falling in love with his cousin song. Oh, it's good. Ah, oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. And then the title of the hold on, the title of that song is maybe maybe. Ah. 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 See, Steve, I would be a great co-producer on any musical you have. Uh, I was trying to think of this the the movie in the show. Was it like uh, Le Cousin? It's like the French movie about falling in love with your cousin. It's like <sighs> Le Cousin Le Terrible. It's like, it's like the. It's like the. I, I can't remember. But yes, that could, that could also be the the title. But actually, maybe maybe sounds way better. So, let's go maybe, maybe. Let's go maybe, maybe. Let's start writing that song. All right. My number two is this was like this movie. I don't know. It became – I was like, oh, maybe I'll think of something for this. And then the more I thought about it, I, I the more I fell in love with it. Um, my number two is Lethal Weapon. Really? Yeah. So, I'm thinking of this as, of course, it has to be a jazz musical because the whole obviously the whole joke of Lethal Weapon is that Riggs and Murtaugh are being chased around by a jazz saxophone throughout the whole movie. <laughs> Every scene is like wah, 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 wah. Every single transition scene is like, man, that jazz saxophone almost got him that time. Uh, this sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it's basically the story of Lethal Weapon, but. Um, uh, a basic musical structure would not work for this type of musical. What I want to happen is you have the world of the, the the show, and then whenever there's a song, the person steps out to a microphone and then sings their inner monologue in a jazz solo, a la like a lot like a smoky jazz cabaret. Really? Yeah. Okay. I feel. Are, do you feeling it now? Are you feeling it? Nope. Yeah. Okay. Just picture like. Murtaugh, and Murtaugh has that line, I'm getting too old for this shit. The yeah, jazz I, band starts up and he steps out to the microphone. I'm getting too old for this shit. I, I imagine him doing that, but I don't feel, is it uh, Riggs? Riggs. I don't feel like Riggs is, a, is the jazzy... See, for his big solo, it's going to be a manic solo where he's upbeat, 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 and then he brings it down for... A second as he things are getting a little tough, but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You know, that's the kind of song I was imagining for him. Yeah. I feel like there's so many big action pieces, though. How do you... That is something I haven't figured out yet, Steve. Well, leave it to your technical director. <laughs> Thank you. Have I you mean... heard of Bottle Rockets? I mean, wasn't your f- number five The Running Man, which is nothing but action sequences? <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> character development in there, too. So after the movie, now the TV show on Fox, <laughs> now the lukewarm, successful <laughs> musical on Off-Broadway. Off That's right. I just really like the conceit of stepping out and you're into something like a lounge act and you sing your kick-ass jazz number. I like that for a number. I don't like it for the whole show. Well, too bad, Steve. It's going to happen for the whole show. <laughs> too effing bad. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings me to my number one then. Yes. And I thought of my number one right away 
and I can't think of anything better than it. Like I want, I want this to happen, mm-hmm. and I'm actually really surprised it didn't happen. I want an episode of The Office to be a musical. I thought of this too, but it didn't make your number one. Nah, because <laughs> I'm like that's stupid. <laughs> uh, man, I honestly, it, it surprises me that they didn't do it. Yeah, uh, and. This is the only one that I thought of that I did not think of as a theatrical production. I, th- I thought of this as an episode on TV. Uh, I mean, it, and it's not just a Michael Scott went to this thing. He's like, now we all have to do this in song. Like the, the rules of the world are that you have to sing. It's like in that world. So kind of similar to Arrested Development, we obviously have this amazing ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the idea of Michael Scott always being slightly off key and off pitch. On he's with you, with protagonists that can't sing, because <laughs> because he's going to try so hard. You know, like he's gonna be that guy that's like the song is ramping and it's ramping and it's ramping and it's like mm. getting to the high note. And Michael Scott's like, ah, <laughs> he's just he's just off and like, oh yeah. I love I love the idea of Stanley kind of having a real slow kind of <laughs> lumbering song, like a lumbering song about him doing his crosswords. Oh yeah, it's totally. Like, I love the idea of him being. Uh, it's like yeah, a four-letter word for walking across. You know, like it's like it's just like this moment and like of him being in peace and these little interjections of Michael Scott just being like. Like meeting in five, is and Stanley. Seven letter word for, (laughs) and then and then he's like Dwight says like fire alarm, you know, like you some some sort of idea, and Stanley's like, like as that as that builds, and there's gonna be a like a great party planning committee song yeah. of like all the ladies like sitting there with it with their hands crossed like, like i think it's time for a chocolate cake <laughs> pause i prefer cupcakes <laughs> sure sure, sure. Uh, stanley uh, and just this bicker 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 it's gonna be a great love song with with obviously pam and jim yeah uh jim and rashida jones character uh, yes. yes yes thank you yeah. I, there's gonna be a great prank song with with Jim and Dwight. Oh yeah, and then Michael Scott just poking his head into everything. And there's gonna be a really, really sexy Dwight and Angela song. Oh yeah, like a tango. Oh yeah, yeah. Re- yes, yes. There's gonna be a tango between the two of them. I love that. Yes, I love that. And of course, Daryl is playing music for a lot of this. <laughs> On his keyboard. Of course. Of course. He, he has to be. Actually, he'll be, he will be like the orchestra director for the whole show. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just down there. So, okay, what's, is his name Creed? Creed, yeah. Yeah, what's his song going to oh, be? Oh, Creed. <laughs> Creed is going to have a song about nothing that makes sense with what's going on at all. And it's going to be a patter song, too. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to, like, we're going to be, there's, there's a, I don't know, Pam and Jim, this is flirty romance, whatever, and they're going to cut to Creed. He's going to be like, have you ever had Rice Krispie Treats? <laughs> How do they get so soft for so long? It's like, Creed, wh- what? 
<laughs> and then it, it like and it floats right back to Pam and Jim. Uh, like, do I tell her that I love her? Like, you know that sort of thing. It's like, and then Creed again like pops in out of nowhere. Of like, thumbtacks. <laughs> Why am I sitting on thumbtacks? All right, Steve. I'm 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 seeing a problem with the musical. Mm. Uh, every impossible, song, but okay. Every song. Apparently, somebody else is bursting in the middle of it with random shit. Okay, well, Creed is obviously bursting it, because you can't have Creed go for, like, four minutes on his own. That's a nightmare. See, I was thinking for, if, if I may. Please. Uh, uh, for, you know, uh, having that moment to the camera, because you're saying if this is televised, right? Yes. Okay. So, having that moment to the camera where Creed is just staring at the camera and you hear the plink, 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 plink. Rice Krispie treats are good to eat. There's nothing more like the Krispie treat. And then I killed my cat last night. And then I gave it quite a fright. And cupcakes, oh my god, yes please. Like, and it just keeps. Yeah, going. yeah. That's, that's what, what I was picturing. That's what I said. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I said. That's what I said. Uh, the only one that I want for sure interrupting is Michael Scott interrupting Stanley because that's why Stanley is going to kill everybody because Michael Scott with his ridiculous ideas. And then Stanley kills everybody. And then that's how the mo- that's how it obviously yes. <laughs> the I think the headline number though is <laughs> is Toby. Oh God, no! The Michael Scott solo about why he hates Toby. So much. Oh, of course. It has to be. That's – and then, I mean, they're – I mean – And then the running joke that Toby starts to sing and then somebody cuts him off. Yes. Of course. Yes. Yeah. And at the, then Toby finally is going to, like, get this big, like, crescendo moment. And Michael Scott step like, literally pushes him out of the way <laughs> to, to miss-sing that big moment. Yeah, yeah. And then Toby will have a big moment, but it won't be quite right. And he'll look at Pam – and get really embarrassed and jump the fence and run away. <laughs> Love it. So, I think, I mean, there's obviously a million things you could do with an office musical, but especially in a 30 minute episode. But oh, sure. I'm actually really surprised they never did it. You know, I think this, I think for this episode, it should be an hour. You know, it's a special one hour edition. Yeah. The office, the musical. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be so fun. I think it'd be great too, Steve. It's a good number one. Um, my number one is completely different. But it's something I would love to see. And again, it was one of those, I'm like, I don't know, maybe this. And the more I thought about it, the more I loved it. It's Deadpool the Musical. Thought about that too. I like it. Because the conceit of Deadpool is that he just, uh, he constantly comments on the plot, the, 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 well, in, in the movie, he keeps commenting on the movie. And I'm thinking like, what about that for a musical? Sure. Uh, what if he's like, and now the great big opening number, and the curtain draws back, and there's nobody there. Or just like the actors backstage, like, smoking cigarettes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like the light swinging back. Oh, we're not ready yet. Uh, sometime throughout the musical, he accidentally kills the pianist. Sure. So he has to find somebody else. Um, it's, uh, that's, a great, that's a great idea. The, the breaking of that third wall can be... Re- Sorry, that's the third wall? Fourth wall. Fourth wall. That's Excuse a, me. There's... there's there's four walls in a in a room. Let's go. But I mean, well, you and your fancy house. <laughs> I only got them three walls. <laughs> and like I I kept thinking I didn't think of any songs, but I kept thinking of bits. Like he's like he, he turns to the audience. I'm sick of singing for you. What do you assholes get up here and sing for me? And then the lights turn on. And <laughs> exactly. Or no, actually, better the the spotlight just goes on one dude. <laughs> 
Um, and it's I, like, a one, two, three, four. It's like, come on, asshole. Come on. <laughs> and then during the big villain number, uh, Deadpool sits next to the pianist, and every now and then he hits the wrong note. And, and then I'm going to get it. Bring! <laughs> Stop that. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, please go on. I just kept thinking of shit like that and how yeah. funny it would be. Yeah. That's actually, that is awesome. That makes a lot. This, this is one of your best top picks. Yeah. This is one of your best top picks. I mean, it's great. I think we should get to writing it. Yeah. It's the, again, the only concern for me. What's that? Uh, very gory. Very, he, he gets, uh. He is messed up real bad in a lot of ways. Bullets, knives, fire. But but we can explain that uh, in like an offhand line where he says, you know, usually this is very gory, but we ran out of budget. So, okay. yeah, something like that. Then when he gets shot after the budget line, he has his back to the audience and he turns and you can see him with a big ketchup bottle. Like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> totally, man. Totally. Could be fun. Oh yeah, it's uh. I would love to see this. Yeah, it's Deadpool gives you basically carte blanche to to do anything, you oh, know, yeah. and comment on anything. And like, yeah, just totally. I don't know what the word is deconstructing, but just mi- deconstructing, making fun of the whole uh, the musical genre as a whole. Yeah, you can do anything with that. And I would love to see this. I love that pick. I think it's great. Um, and sp- I don't think anybody's gonna do it, especially with the flop of Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. Yeah. <sighs> Yikes. But well, anyway, we'll, we'll just make sure that the music is not done by you two. Thank you. Finally. Uh, so, Steve, give me your top five in review. Sure. We did uh the Running Man at number five. We did Lincoln. Only done by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Number three, Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind. Number two, Arrested Development. Number one, The Office. Nice. Uh, my number five was, what was it, Steve? It's Pan's Labyrinth, as like kind of like Les Mis style. My number four was Hitch, because it's basically a musical anyway. My number three is Pleasantville. My number two is Lethal Weapon in that jazzy style. My number one is Deadpool the Musical. I like that. I like that. It's almost, Steve, dare I say, it's almost too good. <laughs> it's, that's why we can't do it. Because it's too freaking good. It's too good. Anyway, uh, so, people, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. You did it. You made it. Huzzah. Huzzah. Now, we told you our top five picks for, what was it again, Steve? Make me a musical. There it is. Uh, so, what top, what five properties would you love to see as a musical? Caveat, cannot be a musical. Which, by the way, spoiler alert, Groundhog Day off the table. It is. Uh, so please let us know. You can leave a comment here at oneofus.net. You can email us at fiveandoutshow at gmail.com. That as is all spelled out. And as always, I'm Steve. I'm Wes. That was five. And, and we're, we're out! out.